Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hope you're all staying safe as uh, Hurricane Adelia approaches when we are taping this podcast, full disclosure. Um, but there is uh, certainly a lot of danger out there. I want to make sure you guys are uh, staying safe and listening to our podcast. The Bucks canceled their practice on Wednesday. They're going to resume practice on Thursday and then take the weekend off. They're going to have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Give a chance to uh, let those players uh, get rested up and get their legs back. They'll come back, I think, on Monday. We haven't seen next week's schedule yet, but it'll probably be a typical um, start of the season. You know, work, do something on Monday, maybe a little something on Tuesday. Tuesday's generally the day off during the week in the regular season when you have a Sunday game. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, travel Saturday to Minnesota. And before you know it, man, it's going to be the start of the National Football League Bucks against the Vikings on September 10th. I can hardly wait. Uh, should be a good one. So they've uh, wrapped up or in the process of wrapping up their 53-man roster. Those things will change. Typically, they there, there's some tweaks here and there, a player or two or three, uh, based on who's available, who becomes available that might interest the Bucks. Um, and then they'll re-sign a lot of these guys to their uh, practice squad that were released. Uh, but if you check out the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com, we break it down by position. And, uh, you know, 13 rookies. I think uh, Todd Bowles said 13 or 14. Well, he was right. They had 13 rookies in this last uh, edition that we were able to calculate. And um, I think uh, then you had, you know, six or seven new players that were uh, free free agents. So you got about 20, 20-something players that weren't on this roster a year ago, which is which is a lot um, and on a 53-man roster. So check it out in the Tampa Bay Times on Tampa Bay Dot com. We've got your mailbag segment coming up. We can't wait to get uh, to that here in just a minute, but I don't have to remind you guys because it is, in fact, not only hurricane season, there's a hurricane out there, but here's some good news to keep in mind that you can keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's with solar battery backup power. There's no fuel cost to run it, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs, and May Electric Solar, our sponsor, offers a 15-year warranty on their solar battery backup. Plus, solar battery backup saves you hundreds of dollars each month. If you lose power in this hurricane or any other, a generator can cost you over $2,000 a week just to run. Solar battery systems qualify also for a 30% tax credit for new systems or for adding a battery to your existing in-phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup or to get started, Call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, I'm sure we got some uh, mailbag questions to uh, kick off this day. Let's get started. We'll start with Kyle, who says, Would you believe the Bucks can go 10-7 and seven as their ceiling record and finish at 6-11 and 11 as their floor record? Seems like the national media has them picking in the top three of the draft. Yeah, there's not been much love nationally, and 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 you know, and some of these guys that you know really do this uh, um, carefully, and um, you know, look at each team, look at each division and the schedules, and so um, 
could it, you know, you never know how the season is going to go, right? I mean, I think injuries are such a big part. Here's what, here's my take from, from this season is that their Achilles heel is what is the thing that they tried to become. And what they've tried to do is, and they needed to do was get younger, right? Um, that they had gone through three years of Tom Brady and they tried to keep the band together and, and run it out as long as they could because they won the Super Bowl the first year with him, and they tried to duplicate that the next two years. And each successive year, it got harder and harder to do. Um, I think they kind of made it to the playoffs and, and almost to the NFC Championship game the second year after they won the Super Bowl just on talent, right? They just out-athleted people in, in some respects. Um, but they And then last year, uh, they simply just were too old. They ran out of gas, and, and the offensive line wasn't good. And um, they were fortunate to even win the division with eight wins. Could have won nine if they'd have left guys in, I think. But, you know, hosting the Dallas Cowboys, you saw just, just there wasn't anything left. And I mean, think about what would happen in that game. They played Ryan Jensen at center. And he started the game, hadn't played all year. He started and played the whole game. And now Ryan Jensen can't even practice. He can't, his career may be over. And yet that's who they were playing in the biggest game of the year. So a lot has changed. They had to get rid of, of a ton of players. Uh, first of all, they were $55 million or so over the salary cap. Um, so they had to make a bunch of changes. They had to get younger, and they did. And, and so when you're starting a season with you know 13 to 14 rookies, uh, what happens is when you get an injury anywhere now, just about any position, you're going to some guys that have not played. Um, and that's why they played so many backups in in the preseason was not, not just because they wanted to see who was going to make the team, but also because these guys needed some reps. They needed experience. But, you know, regular season is different than, than the preseason, and, and which is very vanilla. So I think sort of the the trap here for them is going to be if they sustain injuries, you're not you're not – following a veteran with another veteran you're you're really you know you're really putting some inexperienced players now young players tend to be able to practice they tend to be faster um, they tend to heal quicker um, there's a lot of benefits because it's still very much a young man's sport um, but they they simply haven't been through an entire NFL season and and there's going to be mistakes there's going to be mental errors and that's when it comes to coaching. You know, these guys are going to have to coach them up and try to keep those to a minimum. I don't see them winning three or four games like many people have picked. I, I think it could go anywhere from five to six range um, all the way to, yeah, I think tens is, is probably the ceiling. You know, uh, I, I don't necessarily see them getting more than that's a lot of wins. It has, this franchise hasn't won 10 or more games very often. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think if you won 10, just looking at the NFC South, that might get you, uh, the division championship and you might need to, you might need to win the division because there'll be other teams with, with better records that are going to be ahead of you in the wild card. Um, and so uh, I, I think the ceiling's right around, right around 10. Um, I think you might be able to win the division with 10. And if you don't, uh, I don't think you make the playoffs. I remember um, one year under Raheem Morris back in uh, the second year he coached, I think it was 2010, uh, they won 10 games. They went 10-6. and six. Josh Freeman played really, really well. He had like 
26 touchdowns and six or seven interceptions. They won 10 games, they missed the playoffs. And that that would be – it's always tragic, of course, when it happens, but that that could happen uh, in this division if uh, – if you don't win it, I think I think you might have a tough time getting a wild card spot out of the South. But I'm not buying into the, you know, they're going to have the first one of the first three picks next year. I I don't necessarily see that. I think the defense is better than that. Um, I know they've got some pedigree, and I know also, and, and I can't really predict what's going to happen. But if Dave Canales turns out to be a really good coordinator and a good teacher, and this offensive system, I think, fits Baker very well. I think Kyle can run it if he has to. They've still got plenty of weapons on offense. I, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people that have picked them in the in the, you know the bottom of, of, of the tier here um, to win three, four, five games. I I think they're going to be better than that. Now injuries and 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 all that stuff. You know, you never know how that's going to go when you play a team. Are they hot? Are they not? They've got a lot of teams that they're going up against with rookie quarterbacks, though. Now, you know, they're good quarterbacks, like the number one overall pick uh, in Carolina, but, you know, you're, you're going to play C.J. Stroud. Um, you're going to play Anthony Richardson. But those are opportunities, you know, for a really good defense, an experienced defense, a Super Bowl defense. They still have plenty of pieces from that um, that could really, you know, take advantage of the inexperienced at quarterback. So there's some games like that that I think are winnable outside of the division. And then well, they'll have to take care of the division, obviously, to uh, to win it. But, yeah, I, I I would say the ceiling is right around 10. And I think that uh, – I think the floor is not three. I think it's probably more like five or six. All right, you mentioned the defense. Biased mm-hmm. fan had emailed you. says the Bucks are loaded on defense. They have four starting caliber off- outside linebackers, two stars in the interior with Cansey and Vea. They're the best linebacker pair in the league and three quality DBs. The offense has talent as well. It seems as long as the offensive line plays well, we'll be in the divisional round of the playoffs. Can you talk me back down to reality? Well, um, I, I would just say that, uh, you know, Cansey, we we think uh, he's going to be a good player. We haven't seen him play one snap. And, you know, this is something that is different than what they've done in the past with some big bodies inside next to Vita Vea. Um, when Vita's healthy, you know, last year he led the team in sacks. He had six and a half. You'd like to see somebody have more than that. Uh, as far as the linebackers go, I mean, they're getting everything that Levante David has left. And, you know, you certainly want him on your team. And I thought he played pretty well last season. But it's a one-year deal. He took a significant pay cut. And, you know, you – the good thing is you have some decent, decent players at inside linebacker behind those guys if they were to get hurt or nicked up in Sarvaccia Dennis and uh, K.J. Britt. Um, let's face it, Devin White has to be their best player on defense this year. Uh, I don't know what you're going to get out of Shaq Barrett. I don't know how that you know Achilles is going to respond, although the early reports are good. You need somebody like a Joe Tryon Shawinka to really step up. He's been put on notice that he needs to step up, and he does. Four and a half sacks each of his first two years. That's not going to cut it. So somebody needs to take their game to another level. Um, and and I would agree that, especially early on, because you have a new offensive, new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback, it's going to take those guys a while, you know, to to really find their footing and and and, and know what their identity is going to be and execute 
so in the meantime, the defense sort of needs to win the day. They need to keep the score down, get some turnovers, some short fields, and and really sort of dominate uh, their side of the ball. I think they can do that if they stay healthy. I simply don't know. You know, they got two bookend corners that are really, really good. They're getting paid a lot of money, but neither one has stayed healthy over their careers. Um, and neither one of them are exactly ball hawks. You know, like they don't catch a lot of balls. Like Carlton Davis gets to a lot of them, but he doesn't catch any of them. Uh, Winfield going back to safety in center field might help some in that department. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to see, you know, what they have in Christian uh, Isian, who's going to play that nickel corner spot. I think he's, he looks to be a pretty good player, and there's a lot of guys uh, that are candidates for that job. Um, but it all starts up front and, and Todd Bowles is going to call it and he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to put them in positions where they are able to make big impact plays and help that offense at least early on. Um, but I do see, I, I, I see, I see talent, like there's talent on this team and, and most of it, I think the, the best talent is on defense. Um, and I think that's where the, the question marks don't lie. I think they lie with Baker Mayfield. So yeah, I, I, again, you know, I don't. I've done this season a bunch of times, and what I'm, what I would be fearful of if I'm a Bucks fan, is that they get off to such a slow start because they go to Minnesota, they come home, they have to beat Chicago at home. That's not really an option because after that, they've got a Monday night game against Philadelphia here in Tampa, and the Eagles are just better. They just are. Uh, could you win? Yeah, I mean, any given Monday, Sunday, whatever. But you're not looking, you're not being favored in that one for sure. Uh, Super Bowl team, and then you go to New Orleans, and New Orleans is such a tough place to play with fans. Um, they've gotten some guys back, like Michael Thomas. Um, you know, I think Derek Carr is going to be a big story this year. I think he's going to do well there with the Saints, and you know, much the way a lot of quarterbacks have when they've when they've you know changed. Uh, venues after all those years with the Raiders. So that that's going to be the thing. Like, can you survive those first four games? Because then there's a bye week, and it's a way too early bye week, which kind of tells you that the NFL doesn't think much of the Bucks either. Like, the league schedule makers put the you know some of the, the worst teams um, and give them the early bye weeks. And, you know, when Brady was here, he was getting them somewhere closer to the middle of the season or even as late as November. Um, and... So that that's a real that's a real aid uh, to any team to be able to split it. When you got a bye week in week five, then you're going to play you know third was it thirteen straight weeks of football, and that's tough. Um, so there's a lot of things stacked against them, but defensively, I, I would agree with you. They got some pieces. They're not deep though. Again, this many rookies on the team. If a veteran gets hurt, you're going to be bringing in young players. And and that's a wild card situation in the NFL. What you like to have are guys in their prime and then have some veteran players that still have some juice left behind them. That's generally the teams that that go a long way. Um, but the Bucks are gonna have to do it, you know, with younger guys. Rob tweeted us. He says, Hi guys. Now that Big Red is out, how would you rate Robert Hainsey versus other starting centers in the NFL? Does he look like he will take a step up from last year? Also, how do you view the other guys on the offensive line? Well, listen, we haven't seen Ryan Jensen in a couple of years now. And, uh, you know, when he played last year in the postseason, he wasn't very good. None of them were very good. I thought big Bob Hainsey got better as the year went on. 
I think what hurt him a little bit was the fact that he was playing next to Luke Gedeke, who came out of the box and was just awful. Um, and and not not look, he he went from a right tackle in college to left guard. So there's two things that's different about that: opposite sides, opposite hands, and that matters. And then you know everything happens so much quicker inside. Is the position he hadn't played, and when you're playing next to a guy like that at center. Um, you can you can easily get distracted about what your job is trying to help somebody else. So you know now he's got Matt Filer on one side of him. Uh, Cody Mock looks like the real deal. I mean he's as Jensen esque as you could hope for. Uh, he's going to make some mistakes, but I I think he's a better going to be a better player inside than Gedicky was. Um, so that's going to help. That's going to help Hainsey and and and. Uh, Hainsey has put on some weight. I don't know if it's good weight or not, but he's put on some. Uh, he can still move pretty good. He's got little spindly legs based on his upper body. It's kind of weird. But, look, he started 17 games last year, and, and there's no replacement for experience. And so he's light years ahead of where he was last season. His biggest improvement should be from year one to this year. And I think he's known, and, of course, we know the team is known for a couple of weeks that Jensen wasn't going to make it back. And in any case, you know, he was battling Nick Levert, and it was a, you know, it was they said it was a contest. Um, those guys had pushed each other, and Hainsey won the job. So, yeah, I, I think Hainsey will be okay. And also, it's a totally different offense, right? So you're not asking him to sit there and protect a quarterback that's going to be in the pocket. Now, the good news was Tom Brady got rid of the ball too quick. The bad news was that Tom Brady got rid of the ball too quick because they had the fewest sacks allowed in 22, with 22 last season. Uh, and then, you know, the problem was is that they had no vertical passing game because when you're throwing it that quickly, everybody's squatting on those underneath routes. And, you know, I, I saw Brady complete three passes and it'd be fourth and two. Uh, that, that, that happened way too often. In this offense, every play sort of starts and looks the same. The offensive line is going to – Hainsey's going to snap the ball and they are going to, you know, have outside zone runs to the right or to the left. And and even when they're passing the ball, they're coming off the ball in run action. Okay? Everything's run action. So then the quarterback's going to play action, bootleg out of it, run the waggles, run, you know, get to the corners and stuff. Um, and it's going to help them in pass protection. So I, I think overall – this group of offensive linemen are excited about this offense. Offensive linemen don't want to sit back on their heels and pass protect 60 times a game. And that's what was happening. I mean, Tom Brady had the most attempts each of the last two years, you know, 720 something, 750 something. And that's a hell of a lot of stress on your offensive line, no matter how quick he gets rid of the ball, um, because you're getting, you're getting, you know, hit. Uh, you're not coming off the ball and hitting the guy in front of you. Now they get to have some fun. Now they get to move their feet, uh, you know, run a little bit, come off the ball as if it's run every play. And so now now you're imposing your will and you're not catching guys. And so I think that's that's just the mentality of that. Those guys are invigorated. I've talked to all of them. They're really excited about playing this style of offense. It's, a, it's an offensive line friendly type system. Um, so I think they'll do better. But Hainsey's not one guy that I, I would go, eh. Like, I, I think he's a middle-of-the-road, maybe a little below middle-of-the-road center, you know. Um, he's not a pro bowler, but he's also not in, in the last, you know, 25 through 32. I think he's better than that. So, 
Um, and, and, and like I said, we'll see how good he can be this year because I think the biggest improvement he's going to make is year one to year two. Greg tweeted us. He says, this may be the best young wide receiver core the Bucks have ever started a season with, mostly by necessity, though. With youth comes mistakes, though. Do you see the Bucks picking up a veteran wide receiver? Um, no, I, I'll tell you what, they're going to have some good receivers on their practice squad and it might even include David Moore. Moore's one of the guys I was surprised this got cut because he's got five years in this league and more, more importantly than that, he's got those years in the Seattle system with Dave Canales. And I thought, you know, he's, he'd be a real asset to these young receivers in terms of understanding what Canales is trying to do, understanding the system, um, you know, you can't replace experience, especially with Russell Gage out. Like that was a – people will say, well, you know, so what? They lost – listen, Gage was hurt last year, but when he got better, when he got healthier, the few games that he played, he had five touchdown catches, which was, I think, as many or more than Mike Evans. So, you know, when you lose experience like that and then you go to a rookie, uh, it can it can be different. You know, it can get tougher. And even though uh, I thought Trey Palmer was – you know, electric, right, in the preseason. But nobody game planned for Trey Palmer. Um, they weren't going full speed every single play. And if Trey Palmer is going to take that number three role, he's going to be on the field about 66% of the time. You know, and it's different than playing a half or a quarter. Uh, what's his endurance? You know, what does he do in the fourth quarter? Um, now he's got all the intangible, right? Right? He he can he can or, or tangibles. He can run. He runs a four three three forty. He's big, and and when the lights come on, this dude makes terrific plays, sensational plays. Can you do that in a regular season? Now he's got two great mentors and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but we've seen both of those guys get hurt, and hopefully they don't have a catastrophic injury. I think Godwin's going to be much healthier a year away from that surgery than he was last season when he started the season. He had no off-season participation. He barely did much in training camp, and then boom, he was there in Dallas and then then hurt his hamstring in week one and missed time. Um, This year, he's been to everything. He's done every OTA. I don't think he missed a a day, an hour, a minute of off-season work in training camp, and he looks terrific. And they moved him outside to where – he doesn't have to be that battering ram in the run uh, that that's really gotten beat up, quite frankly, these last few years, taking on linebackers and and uh, defensive linemen in the run game. So I think he'll be fresher, and we'll see. You know, Mike Evans is 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 as consistent as any player in the history of the game. I mean, he spits out a thousand yard seasons every single year. But can they stay healthy? If they don't, again, you're going to rookies. You're going to guys that haven't been in the fire. Um, and I, they're very talented, and that's why they kept them. Uh, Rakim Jarrett is got tons of skill. Uh, the kid from uh, Maryland, the un, undrafted free agent, and they they paid him a pretty good bonus to get him here. Um, so I like the receiving core. I think Devin Tompkins. They didn't use him enough last year. I mean, he he didn't even wasn't even active to the final few games, and then it was mostly as a kick returner. Tompkins is a guy, especially in this offense, you can run the ball with. I mean, he's electric, and he jumps through, you know, out of the gym. Like he he's got a forty inch vertical leap, even though he's five foot eight. Um, the dude plays like he's six foot four, uh, attacks the ball, and and so really talented guys, really inexperienced, talented guys behind two All Pros, you know, two two Pro Bowl uh, receivers. So 
that's the drop off, you know, and, and the longer the season goes, the more experience these guys get in the system, uh, the, the better they'll be. But, it, but if they have to come in and play a lot right away, I don't, I don't know what they got. So yes, a veteran receiver, um, if you were to have an injury, uh, you could probably use one of those. But again, I think that, uh, maybe David Moore would be on this practice squad. We'll see. Um, but they're going to need, you know, they're going to need Mike and Chris to stay healthy for the most part and give these young guys a chance to grow up on, on their own speed because you wouldn't want to throw them. I think Palmer can handle the wide receiver three spot very well right now, and Tompkins can do it as well. He'll kind of be – they'll be 3A, 3B. Um, but I, I think Jarrett's going to need some time. So, you know, let, let's see how the year goes. But I this is a talented group. Like, you know, they needed to get younger. They needed younger players. But, again, the draft class and the free agent class they brought in is as good as I've seen – since Jason Light has been here, and he's been here a while, this is like his tenth season. Uh, I think these, I think John Spytek and uh, Mike Beal and all those guys hit it really well this year uh, in terms of acquiring talent, young talent for this team. Les tweeted us. He says, "Rick, who has a better chance to be the starting quarterback for the Bucks Week One of 2024, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask?" What a great question, and I'm not prepared to answer. <laughs> uh, Neither. Uh, and I say this respectfully because, listen, I, I'm an optimist at, at heart, and, and I, I like what, what Baker Mayfield is bringing uh, probably more than most people do. Uh, I think this guy has been a fighter his whole career going back to high school and, and when he wasn't offered many Division One scholarships and he walked on at Texas Tech, walked on at Oklahoma. You know how hard it is to do that at six foot nothing quarterback, um, always been counted out, late bloomer, um, horrible franchise, number one overall draft pick, which was amazing that he made it to that part. Uh, third year, he gets him in the playoffs. Like, I, I'm, I'm for this dude. Like, I, I don't root for teams, but, like, this guy's story is pretty compelling to be with your fourth team in a calendar year and still have a good attitude about it and still be working and still, you know, and this is probably his best last chance to be a starter. So you can't underestimate the guy's will, okay? Um, but again, a lot of things have to go right. The offensive line has to play well. Tristan Wirfs has to be an all-pro at, at left tackle instead of right. Uh, you know, he's got to get help in the running game, you know? Rashid White has to be a dude. Like, he has to, he has to be one of the top backs in the league and run for 1,000 yards. Um, these young receivers we talked about have to grow up. And they got to have defense, and, and you know, and, and there's so much there. Uh, and we mentioned the schedule that look, Mayfield's on a one-year deal. So if you're, say, you're saying to me like, "Oh, he's going to be their quarterback for the next five years," eh, I don't know. Like he's on a one-year make it deal. Sometimes those guys make it, but more often than not, they don't for whatever reason. Like he went to Carolina on the same sort of deal, hoping to make it, and he started the first four games. Then they then he got hurt, and they fired his head coach. And they got rid of his best running back, Christian McCaffrey, and they got rid of his best receiver. And then some other guy took his job, and then uh, he didn't get it back, you know. And then they traded him, or they got him. He got picked up on waivers by the Rams. Like, so it wasn't necessarily anything he did, but a lot of things have to go right. You got you, first of all, you can't get injured, um, and and he's had his share of injuries in the last couple of years. You can't run around. He's got to be careful. Um, 
What are the chances that Kyle Trask? Okay, I think Kyle's going to play this year. Like, if I had to guess, whether through injury or ineffectiveness, whatever, like Kyle's going to play somewhere. They're going to find out. I don't know if it's the last three games, last ten games. I don't know. Um, do I think Kyle Trask will do enough to say we got our guy? Mm, no, I don't. Not this year, I don't. Because I don't know that he's going to be put in that position. If he has to come in and save the day because they're 0-4 or they're 1-7, you know, can he look like a, good, like a guy and win four or five games down the stretch and they go, oh, they're always going to be looking at that position, right? They're always going to be trying to replace you. And there's free agency and there's the draft. Now, the problem with the Bucks is that they're going to win too many games to get one of the top two or three quarterbacks, and it's a good, fertile quarterback class coming out. You know, Drake May and you got you see how Williams and all this. So I don't, I don't. You never want to win, lose that many games. You never want to lose so many games. And the Bucks have done it before with Lovey Smith that they got Jameis Winston. Um, but that's not where you want to be, and I don't think that's where they are as a team. So more likely, it's that. You know, if they don't have a good season, Mayfield is looking for another job and Trask is looked at as a, a backup at best, you know, uh, unless he comes in and just hits, you know, catches fire. But if he's going to do that, right, if you thought he was going to do that, he'd be starting week one. I mean, they know what they have in this guy. Now, sure, it's the first year in the system. I don't think it particularly fits him. He, he's definitely improved by leaps and bounds. But you can look at that two ways, like, the dude is improved by leaps and bounds. What was he before? You know, what wasn't happening the first two years? Um, and again, there's a lot of reasons for that. System, uh, coaching, opportunities, mostly opportunity. He didn't get any reps. I get that. But where Trask is, not many guys end up being the starter for years and years and years. And where Mayfield has been, that's also a, a tough one to, to hit. But um, they're both in a tenuous spot. That's why I would say... I wouldn't put my money on either one of them. Uh, but I, I'm going to be on record as saying I think this can work with Mayfield. I, I, think, I think he's found the right system and the right coach and the right team at the right time. These guys aren't great because, you know, they, they couldn't go into free agency and they got young players and they got some really old players and there's nobody in between. You need those in-between guys. Um, they've gone from one of the, the oldest team in the league to one of the youngest. So there's a lot wrong with that sort of system. But it's still an organization that's stable. They all pull it in the same direction. They know what they want to do. They're not conceding anything. They're not saying we're not going to win the South or we don't think we – they're trying to win while also getting younger. And and they have a lot of players that are pissed off, I think, that everyone's writing them off. And there's a champion's heart under a lot of these guys – uh, you know, shoulder pads and, and, and jerseys. And these guys have put rings on their fingers. So they haven't forgotten how to win and what it takes to win. And if they can impart that on the, all the new guys and young players, then maybe they got something. But it's going to be a really interesting year. I, I'm not ready to write off Mayfield. I just don't know about Trask. And, and I think I think the Bucks probably do know more than I do. And he's not starting. So that's a tough one. Um, but, yeah, it's – just my experience tells me that these are now Geno Smith did it right. Like if you just said the same thing to me last year after Russell Wilson went to Denver, what was Seattle going to be and who is more likely to start next year? Geno Smith, Drew Locke or somebody else. I just said somebody else and Geno Smith hit it 
And he threw for 4,500 yards and, and a bunch of touchdowns. They won nine games, and they lost in the wild card. But Geno Smith is back as quarterback, and so is Drew Locke as the backup. So that's the probably the best-case scenario, um, but that's also rare, you know, because Geno Smith didn't start for like six years. And then he, and then he did, and somebody asked, you know, they wrote you off, and he goes, I, I didn't write back. <laughs> you know, like I, I was here all the time. So – We'll see if Baker writes back or if he feels dangerous or whatever it is he says. But um, but my experience tells me it'll probably be neither. But I'm not – at this point, I think this is a really good fit for Baker Mayfield. And if I'm right uh, about what's inside this guy and what's always been inside of him, I think he's going to do everything he can to prove, again – to, to guys that have doubted him since high school that he can do this. And I think he knows he's got enough players around him to get it done. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'll switch to Ray's now, and Bob had uh, emailed you. said, I've been meaning to ask this question since Aroldis Chapman meeting a few years ago. But when did Aaron Boone become a true a-hole? I always sort of like the Boone brothers, but this guy needs a glass now fastball tossed in his direction. Oops, it slipped. Um, you know, I think there's something that when you put on those Yankee pinstripes and and uh, you play in the in the biggest media market in the world and the expectations of those, you know, whatever those 20 or 30 world championships that they have up there and, and the ghost in center field, the monuments and all that, I think it's kind of inherent. I, I think I don't think you can survive unless you're a bit of that, you know. Um, and it and look, you're you're you know they spend the most money, they bring in the most stars. It, it's you know the Yankees in the old days were no you know twenty five cabs for twenty five players to the game. Nobody got along. Um, it's a tough job. It's not like any managerial job in baseball. It really isn't. Um, you know. They're not making your lineup for you, and it should be pretty easy when you can put Aaron Judge in, you know, in the three or four hole every night. Um, but the expectations come with that payroll, and it comes with New York City, and it comes with the Yankee pinstripes. It's bigger than the Mets. It's bigger than anything else. Uh, and I think Boone's handled it pretty well, but I think I don't know how he comes back from this year. Like I'm really curious to see who's going to take the fall. Is it going to be Cashman? Is going to be Boone. I like Aaron Boone. I knew him. I, I covered him as a player at times in spring training. Uh, the Boone family, of course, is a is a big baseball family. Um, his brother played. Like it, it's you know they're steeped in tradition. And and I've never the few times and it's been very few times I've had to interview him. He's been nothing but professional. Um, I know people that have covered him. Christy Ackert covered him. They, that she likes him um, from our from our staff now. But I just I just think it's you know there's the in game guy and then there's you know then there's who he is and um, sometimes you get a you know look they're having a bad season a horrible season a, a historically bad season for them 
So it's never going to look good. I don't understand this hit-by-pitch stuff, though. I will say this, that like you're in a tough position if you're the Rays with that because you don't want to lose any players, not by ejection. And if you start throwing at guys, you're gonna, you could get one of your guys really hurt up there. Not that they're not throwing at them now, but um, you just don't want that, right? So they can't afford it. I don't know what Boone would do to stop it. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think he's telling guys to go throw it at hitters uh necessarily and some of those pitches might have just gotten away but it looks bad when you've hit 12 12 rays already so yeah i mean and and also if you've seen arguments or you've seen just like when the pressure's on man we're none of us are our best sometimes i mean again understand the job he has is unlike any in professional baseball the manager of the new york yankees that's you know there's a lot that comes with that man and uh He's held it for a while. The best guy I saw in my generation do it was Joe Torrey. And, and you know, Torrey won a couple of world championships. With, you know what's weird, Steve? They haven't won a world championship since 2009. Does that seem impossible to you just thinking about it? The city of New York has not had one since, what, the Giants Super Bowl victory in 11? Gosh darn, that's a long time for that big city like that and big media market. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 09 for the Yankees who seem to be, you know, the favorites every year to win the division and then they just can't get back to the World Series and win it. So um I don't think Boone's going to survive. Somebody's going to get fired. I mean, this is one of those seasons where they're not even like you'd have thought if George Steinbrenner had been around, I don't know what Hank's thinking, but that they would have fired probably one or both of him and the GM by now. Um but somebody's going to pay for this if not one then both. I I think it's going to be really interesting. Okay, I'm going to put it out there. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. I'm going to put it out there. If Boone gets fired, and I don't know who the GM's going to be, there's a guy who's won a World Series who's been successful in this very same division who's unemployed right now and might have a year or two left in his tank and would be willing to take it on. You know who that guy is? Joe Madden. That would be interesting. Wouldn't it? Because here's, here's the thing, and maybe the Steinbrenners aren't George anymore. Right. Is Joe Ma presumably couldn't last in Chicago because he didn't want to be told what to do, and it Same was all in the Same with the Angels, right? Yeah. Same with the Angels. He didn't want to be mm-hmm. told the to lineup in this. Right. Is New York going to give Joe Ma enough power to where he'll go there? Um, well, you know what they'll give him? Players. I mean, yeah, he had Otani, mm-hmm. and, and you could say he had some players with the Angels, too, but, like, their pitching was never uh, outside of Otani and mm-hmm. maybe one other guy was never it was never all that. And they and they did meddle. I've talked to Joe about this in terms of, like, he thinks it's, it's a, you know, he had to do all that with the Rays and then, you know, everywhere he's been. But uh, here's why I think Joe would work there in that, he has a way of reaching players, you know, young and mm-hmm. old, of keeping them focused on just the process. There's so many distractions when you play for the Yankees. There's mm-hmm. so many expectations. If Joe had managed me, he'd have been the perfect guy for me because I was always in my head. I was so results-driven, and baseball is a failure sport. Like, you got to be able to deal with, with, with failure. Seven out of ten times, you're the greatest player in the world uh, that you fail. And, and I think he can manage people like he's one of the best people persons I've, I've ever been around. I mean, he's charismatic. 
who doesn't get too high or too low. Um, he might actually fit, and, you know, and, and, you know, not for nothing, he was a big Broadway Joe fan and, mm-hmm. and a Jets fan, and, 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 you know, what would be wrong? He's managed the Cubs to a World Series, you know, the third largest market. Uh, he's managed in L.A., the second largest. Why not, you know, if I can make it there, I can make it. Why, why not take a shot? You know, uh, oh, if it's I, I think he could be successful there. I just don't know if the team. I don't know that they'll do it, but but who would you call? Like, seriously, there, there's going to be. I mean, there's always guys, right? I, I fall in that trap. Like, who would you call if 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 you know? There's nobody out there. Well, there's always people out there. Mm-hmm. But there, but but if you if you're looking, see, here's the thing: Are you looking? at Is this a? Are we gonna? Are we turning this around? The Yankees are never gonna start over. They're just gonna bring in new pieces, right? So they're going to have to field a great team every year. I mean, they're, they're in New York, uh, and they've got the resources to do it. But you also got some good players. It's not like, you know, Aaron Judge is one of the best players in baseball, if mm-hmm. not the best right now, outside of Otani. So there's you want to win right now? He's kind of that right now guy. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have that many years left, but he knows what it looks like. And maybe that's what you need is is somebody that says, you know, this guy's one. He's got a ring on his finger. He's not trying to win his first like Boone. He has it. He's done it. You know, look what he did with the race in our division. He kicked our ass in our division. You know. So I thought for a while there, I thought Boston might be a possibility, <laughs> but they're playing too well. Uh, they may get in playoffs, I believe. Um, I'm not sure. But uh, but yeah, I could. I mm, I don't think Joe would say no to him. It's just whether they would say yes to Joe. Keep an eye on that, though. Let's see what happens to Boone, and let's see if somebody picks up the phone and calls Joe Ma. Yeah, Boston's actually, what, five and a half games out of the wild card right now? Yeah, they're not out of it. Yeah. No, not out of it. The Yankees are 11. So, But but both those teams could fire managers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, continuing on the beanball uh, discussion, mm-hmm. Michael had tweeted us, says, why isn't Kevin Cash more upset about his players getting hit by Yankees pitchers? I don't know that he's not upset. I I think that Kevin is 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 very careful. So here's what happens: is when you're managing a team, everyone's looking to you to see, you know, how should we respond? Like how's Skipper doing this and doing that? And and Cash does not want to get too amped up. Now he's gotten amped up before. You remember the great the statements that we got? I got a stable full of guys that throw ninety eight down there. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he he. You can only push him so far. But I think he recognizes, look, they're, as we do this podcast, what are they, two and a half, three games out, something like that? Two and a half going into Tuesday night's action. Two and a half going into Tuesday night. They could win this division, and I mean by a couple games. Like, we don't, they've still got the Orioles. They got to play a three or four game set, and there's still plenty of time when it's only a couple game swing. They could wind up winning the American League East, and if you do that, Who's to say, you know, if you got close to 100 wins, 95, 96, and, that, and, and, and you know, home field, that you can't go deep into the postseason and, and make it back to a World Series. I think everything, even with the injuries, and it's been catastrophic, right, losing the guys they've lost, especially on the, on, uh, on the mound. Um, but they're in this thing. And I think Kevin recognizes that he cannot get a guy hurt because they're worried about – hit by pitches he cannot get a guy hurt because he orders the code red and some guy starts throwing at their hitters Yankees are out of it you know you can't be baited at this point would I like to see them maybe stick up for each other a little bit more probably 
But that's on to me. That's on the player. But like, mm-hmm. what situation do you want to stick Tyler Glass now and lose him in, in well, the fourth inning, or lose one of your top closers for a week? You know. But like, not only that, but but here's the other thing. And so go back through the twelve pitches this year that the Yankees hit raised batters. Tell me which one you thought was intentional. It's hard to know that. I don't. I don't think any of them were. I think they're it's bad. I think that. they have bad pitching. Well, yeah, and, they do. I mean, there's a reason that they're five, six games under 500 with that payroll. And look, no matter what you say, Randy mm-hmm. Rosarina stands on top of the damn plate. Sure, sure. But I mean, what I'm does. saying is, if you th- if you're going to return throw at them, right? When if none of those pitches were intentional, and you, right. I, I can't say that definitively, but right. there's not one where you went, oh, that was intentional, right? Like then they're going to throw behind the guy. Right. You know what I mean? Then they're like, going to throw miss- right back at you. Mm-hmm. And hit another one of your players, and maybe you take them out. Of the, it, it takes them out for days or weeks. I mean, or for the year, you catch one in the wrist and he's out. You know, I mean, yeah. when you Gandhi look back Diaz at it, or something. I, I don't know if I could tell you that any more intense. I mean, when they hit Randy the other night, okay, the Yankees were only down two runs at that point. Are you going to put another runner on? Really? Well, that make, that's what did make sense. I look mm-hmm. at the situation yeah. and I go, look, you usually don't want to hurt your team by by you know playing the hero out there and throwing at guys like mm-hmm. that's that's a good way to get off your ball club, you know, because unless somebody ordered it and then Boone's not going to order that with when they still have a chance, you know, one fly ball in that ballpark, you're back in it. So yeah, it did. It doesn't make sense that you would just say, well, we're going to start throwing at people now. Um, but 12 to two. I just think they pitches. have bad pitching. I, I think well, it could be, uh, it and, could well be, you know, I just don't think they're that and their record shows it. It's not like they're in a race with the Rays and yet hitting everybody in sight. Yeah. I mean, they've well, shown all year they're not a very good team. They're hitting other teams, too, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so I think, you know, Kevin Cash is showing the proper restraint. As frustrating as it is as a fan, as frustrating as it is maybe for some players, although I think Brendan Lau put it best. You yeah. Know, they're a last-place team. We're not worried about it. Like, uh, we that's, move the, on. that's the right attitude to have right there. And I think Cash is trying to impart that on them and reflect that mm-hmm. by his, by his right. non-action, which is – all right, let's we're, go. Let's move on. Turn the page. We're done with him this year, and we're not going to have to see him next year because they're yeah. not making the playoffs. Let's move on. Like, yeah, like let's yeah. keep our eye on what's important. That's it. They're still yeah. they got everything in front of them. Everything mm-hmm. they looked to do the start of the year with the thirteen, fourteen game winning streak, like all that, all the ups and downs, all the IRs, all that. Everything, every goal that they had, winning the division, advancing in the postseason, going to a World Series, it's all still possible. It really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team at home is good. I mean, they they play at home like nobody's business. And I'm sorry, but like guys like Luke Raley and Josh Lowe and even Brandon Lau, you're seeing them come alive again. And, you know, why haven't they advanced in the postseason in the past? It's because they haven't scored runs. But I think some of their young guys can hit, you know, and they've hit all year. It's, and, you know, and. Well, except shoot, for John. Except, well, they didn't hit in July. Nobody hit in July. But now you kind of wonder, like, what was going on with Wander and stuff? Um, but, yeah, they had a bad month, and, and that's, you know, they had it collectively. You can't have that. They've had bad Octobers. That's been their issue, is that they get in the postseason and nobody's hitting. And if that happens, you're dead. But I think I give them – I still give them a puncher's chance. Like, they, they find these guys that go out there and pitch above their head and they, they, you know, they, they, they manage the game, and, and they, they stay in it, and their defense keeps them in it. And if they can score runs, you know, uh, they, they play well at home. And, you know, it's, it, everything is there. So 
I'm not writing them off. I, you'd feel a lot better if you had your, your starters back, like all of them, right? And you don't know about Glasnow because this is the first year he's ever started more than 14 games at any time in his career. Um, so we're still not to the finish line. But, yeah, I mean, everything they started this season to achieve is still in front of them. It's still possible. Um, and so I think that's why Cash is not amping this up, you know, and, and they're done with them anyway. So that's that's the other part. We'll wrap up on this unless it tweeted us. He says, Rick, are the Rays in danger of becoming the 1990 Atlanta Braves? Dominant pitching, good defense, lots of regular season success with very limited postseason success. Or do they need to win at least one World Series to even reach that Braves level of the 90s? Yeah, I th- you know those you know those teams, Steve. Those Braves teams were really, really good. I mean, how many division championships did they win? Fourteen straight. Now, yeah, in '94, they wouldn't have won. The Expos were most likely going to win that division, uh, but yeah. they, they canceled the season. So, but think of, but think. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. Fourteen straight. Yep. They got Hall of Famers up and down that rotation, up and down that lineup. Um, Bobby Cox, you know, another one. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not willing to to put them in that league yet are they a are they a perennial playoff team that hasn't gotten over the hump yet yeah they're there mm-hmm. but they haven't won 14 division titles and 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 or a world series i think a world series will come like it's the old you know it's it's this is a great existential question it's kind of like would you rather be the team that isn't in it but two out of ten years, you're not even a contender. You're just you're just flatlining for eight of those ten years. But one year you break through, and then you're bad again. You know who you are? You're the Miami Marlins. Okay? Or mm-hmm. do you want to be that team that every single year you've got a winning record, a playoff berth, and a chance to get in the tournament and win it? I want to be the second team because I think if I can put myself in that position enough times – I'll break through. Someday I'm going to break through. And besides which, the job, it's its an entertainment job. You're not very entertaining, you know, if you're losing 100 a year. So I, I'm i okay. Like, and we know what's the headwinds against them and will always be against them until or unless they get a new stadium, until or unless they have new ownership, whatever that is. Um, but they're remarkably consistent, and they're that team – that's what Tony Dungy used to talk about, you know, when he got here. It was like, look, and they had had, you know, 12 double-digit losing seasons when he arrived, and he added to it. But he's he was like, look, our goal is to win. Let's win 10, 10 11, 12 games, get there, and sooner or later we'll, we'll break through. Now, he wasn't the coach when they did, but he was right. You know, he got to the playoffs four out of six years. They fired him, brought in John Gruden, and won a Super Bowl. Because he built a team that was consistently able to contend. And that's, to me, I would rather, as a fan, I'd rather have that than, than, than somebody that wins a Super Bowl or, or a Super Bowl. But a, Super Bowls are harder, by the way, I think. But I'd rather that than a team that wins a World Series and then they flatline for 10, 12 years. I, I, that doesn't interest me, you know. But so that's, that's my answer to it. I, I turn on the games, I watch them play. It's a good product. They're in the toughest division in baseball every year. They battle teams that were three times, four times, five times the payroll, whatever it is, um, and it's enjoyable to watch them do it. And I'm, I, I don't have any problem with their approach, and I don't think they're the Atlanta Braves, not yet anyway, um, but I do think they have the right approach. 
All right, thanks for your mailbag questions. You can send those to us anytime if you want to on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We're talking college football tomorrow, week one, Florida, Florida State, both in action, USF, all of them. Uh, we'll discuss that with Matt Baker, our college football writer, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, are con- continuing their series or wrapping up their series, I guess, in Miami. And the Bucks have canceled practice. They're going to wait uh, and come back on Thursday for a day and then give them the weekend off. So we got lots to talk about on tomorrow's podcast as well with Matt Baker, our college football writer of the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 